And I'm going to be pulling this from um, Leadership Chronicles 2.0, written by Rodney Beanie, who is one of my one of my mentors. Um, he was probably one of the first to really help me understand kingdom versus religion. And um, I still listen to him. <laughs> I still listen to him all these years later. It's been 10 years now that he's been in my life and speaking. So I'm grateful to him. So Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, just giving you glory, honor, and praise for this day. We thank you, Holy Governor, that you will speak to us through your word that you will empower us, that you would enrich us, that you would aid us in understanding what's needed. God, we pray that if there's been anything that's hindered us from growing, from maturing, from being accountable, that it would be open to us, that we would be able to make the necessary adjustments, that we would glorify you in all things. We say thank you for it and count it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Pete, we still can't figure out what that lock sign is, huh? I guess not. So what does it mean to grow? Sorry, I said I'm trying. Oh, (laughs) what does it mean to grow? What does it mean to grow? expand expand what else enlarge your understanding enlarge understanding sure it's a part of mature hey girl see you now what you gonna say um nene Did you say expand? Expanding. Yes. Do we grow all the time? Should we be growing all the time? We should be growing all the time, but we don't always grow. I look at growth as I look at seasons, right? So there's a winter, spring, summer, and fall. We recognize mm-hmm. in that that there is a season where things bloom and grow and then things wither and die or they not really die, but they go back to, they change states and prepare for a reemergence. And Ambassador Vini um, shares with us from Ezekiel 47. We can take a quick look at that. Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 6. Be like most people. They be like, where that book at? (laughs) You read my mind. I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) where is Ezekiel? (laughs) So Ezekiel 47, 1 through 6. And this is from the NIV. It reads this way. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple and I saw water coming out from the from under the threshold of the temple towards the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple south of south of the altar 
He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, <laughs> he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Do you see this? And he says, life is lived in seasons for each new seasons of life presents a deeper dimension of the will of God. So growth is a deeper dimension of the will of God, increased, increased knowledge and understanding of a deeper dimension of the will of God. We are appointed to grow into deeper dimensions of the will of God as we transition through the seasons of life. Now, just with that passage of scripture, and I think that I was somewhere, gosh, babe, we did a conference some years ago, and he used this same passage, but not in this context, talking about how um, how often we, people of color, have a fear of water. Because most of us don't swim. I'm not going to say most anymore because we have Olympic swimmers that look like me. But a lot of us, especially those my age, around my age, a lot of us don't swim. We don't play with the water. We might go and get in and let it go up to our, our knees. And we might get a little cocky with a floaty device and let it come up to our chest. But we don't do a whole lot of swimming. And for even those of us that do, like my daughter was on vacation last month and she's a swimmer and had a floating device and was in the ocean and the waves took her. They had to go and rescue her. Wow. Because the waves took her. And she right. was like, I can't, I can't get past this. It was it, it took her. And she was a swimmer, but she was traumatized for the next day. She was like, I'm not getting back in the water. She couldn't swim. But based on our understanding and our growth will determine how deep we go. How deep we go. Angela, that's like you asked me a question today. I said, that's not a key on my keychain, so I can't give you nothing. I, I'm not deep there. Mm -hmm. I'm not deep there. So, you know, some things you ask me, if that's not a part of who I am, I'm not going to go deep there. I might go up to my knees. I can have a conversation with you. But if I'm not deep in it, I'm not going to mess with it. And so when we look at growth, growth says, as you are growing in the things of God, in the knowledge of God, then the expectancy is that you won't just go ankle deep. You won't just go knee deep. You won't go waist deep, but you'll begin to go into a water where the intent is now you're going to swim. Woo, Lord have mercy. Can you repeat the um, Bible? Was it is it your 41 or 40? 47, one through six. And what are the verses? Sorry. Verses one through six. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It says lack of maturity leads us to missing seasons of growth wherein we, we were appointed to transition into a deeper dimension of the will of God. 
missing seasons of growth create cycles where process and or challenges are repeated during the course of our lives. How many of us have gone through cycles? We've made choices. We've made decisions. We didn't make a decision. We didn't make a choice. And because of it, we went through cycles. And you might have said something to yourself like, oh, God, here I go again. I'm right mm -hmm. back where I started. You ever been in that place? Yes, ma'am. I'm right back where I started. It seemed like I ain't never going to get out of this place. That should make us stop and think, where was the opportunity for growth? And I missed it. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. And to me today. Huh? You're preaching to me today. <laughs> I'm preaching to me today, girl. I'm <laughs> preaching to me today. But when we might ask the question, where was I? Where was I in my thinking? Where was I in my faith? that an opportunity presented itself to me for me to grow and I missed it. And then when I began to go through that cycle again, all I did was complain. Lord, why I got to go through this again? Lord, why, why is this coming to my door again? What is this about? And he said, baby, are you growing? And you said, well, yes, Lord, I am growing. I'm reading your word. I'm studying your word. I'm praying. I'm, I'm doing all these things. God, yes, I'm growing. He said, are you really growing? Because he said, it sounds like you're putting on a show for me, but you're not, you're not growing for me. Oh, what? God, please help me. No, Lord, I am growing. Look, this is me, y'all. I'm talking to him, but I am. I am growing. God, I am growing. He said, okay, I'm going to read this again. Missing seasons of growth create cycles where processes and or challenges are repeated during the course of our lives. Missing seasons of growth. Okay, God, I get it. I get it. So when you told me I needed to forgive and I didn't forgive, that was a season of growth. He said, yeah. When I told you to do something for a certain individual and you said, yeah, but they get on my nerves, I'll do it later. And you didn't. That was another season of growth. What, God? He said, it's possible that you've missed some seasons of growth. And because of it, now you're dealing with cycles that you don't understand, but you're still in yourself, believing that you're growing in me. I want you to take a look at yourself today. Maturity is required in order to break these cycles. What does it mean to be mature? Because most people think it's age, but then you hear people say, oh, well, they mature for their age. They grown for their age. What does that really mean? What is maturity? He said the children of Israel were brought out of bondage of Egypt, yet many remained in bondage due to their lack of maturity. Maturity is the greatest form of deliverance. Yeah, let's write that down. Maturity is the greatest form of deliverance. Mm. Lord have mercy. Let's just let that sink right there. Oh, <laughs> ooh! Anybody else feel that? I felt that. Did anybody else feel that? Yes, ma'am. 
Tori didn't give me the look like, yeah, Val, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Just keep. What say you, uh, Pastor Tori? What, what say you? <laughs> Maturity is the greatest form of deliverance. I mean, when we mature, we when we when we become mature, that's when we do allow God to have His will. So then, the deliverance comes because we're doing what it is He would have us to do. We relented, we released ours. So whatever He says, it's obedience. Yeah, yeah, and not kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. The maturity is. Understanding and accepting that his ways are not ours and his thoughts are not ours. And it says, when you mature and grow out of something, like you were just saying, you learn and understand even how to stay out of it. Once you've been delivered, once you've matured and been delivered, for real, been delivered, then you can stay out of that cycle. You don't have to keep going back. Oh, Lord, I don't even know. Jesus, I think I picked up the wrong thing today. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Put it down. No, I ain't going to put it down. No, it's, it's good. It's good medicine. It's good medicine. It's good medicine. Um, let's look at Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Second Peter 1, 2 through 4, and it reads, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We'll go back and read three. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Greater knowledge, God's awareness helps us to mature. I know my husband being retired police, awareness is like ingrained in him always aware to the extent that it get on my nerves. Like, cause when he drives, he does the police drive. He doesn't just drive straight ahead and use peripheral to see what, but he. Yep. He's doing the sweep. Watch the road, please. <laughs> That's what he called watching the road. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road, please. But he's being aware of everything around and I'm grateful for that instinct in him to feel something and know something and see something that I may not see 
being aware and it's it's an amazing it's amazing and you know that's why i'm grateful for the the gift of the holy spirit because the holy spirit also aids us in being aware spiritually that when our physical eye can't see it when our natural ear can't heal it hear it the spirit of god will say oh wait a minute hold on look i need you to look over there just be quiet for a second and listen and in that moment what you didn't hear at first you now hear what you didn't see at first you now see because his spirit will allow us to be aware with awareness once you know you know and once you see you see and you can't not see it you can't not hear it because once you hear it you know it you hear it once you see it you see it. that's something that can't be taken away that's what gives us knowledge and understanding and growth in God. Once you know that you know that you know, nobody can take that away from you. Once you experience God in, in a great, nobody can take that away from you. And that's, it's, I think it's that that helps us to mature in him. When he said his divine power, his spirit has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him, it makes us want to know more. It makes me want to know more. It makes me want to spend more time in his presence. Oh, okay, God. Godliness, I, yeah, so, totally. I heard you say I should put it away, I, and I didn't. I, I kept going, and now he, <laughs> he keep hitting me like I, I said, okay, Lord. Godliness represents another dimension of God's awareness. Once you truly embrace this dimension of awareness, your perception of life changes. Somebody tell me what you think that looks like. Godliness represents another dimension of God awareness. Once you truly embrace this dimension of awareness, your perception of life changes. What do you think changes? How does it change? What is that next dimension of God awareness? What do you think that looks like or feels like? I would imagine that everything would change how we speak, how we act, how we dress, because once you're in tune with what the Holy Spirit would have you to do, everything is going to be cleansed under his blood and you act differently. And, um, you know, just the way your entire mindset changes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the world is going to be very different than how you used to present yourself because you're clean. You've been cleansed by the blood Ooh. of the Lamb. Woo. Woo. Mm. Mm. Yeah, anybody else thought? Because he wrote, the dimensions of awareness translate into a deeper revelation of yourself. And that's pretty much what you were saying, Angela, that you recognize that everything about you will change. Right. Once you're relying on the spirit of God to guide you, and once you're keenly aware of God's presence, everything changes. Folks say, oh, that's a game changer. No, that is really a game changer. Oh, the revelation of Jesus, the son of man, unlocks the revelation of ourselves. Matthew 16, 13 through seven, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I, the son of man, am? When Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus responded and unlocked Peter's identity. Peter had previously been overshadowed by his father and he was commonly referred to as Simon Barjona. But now 
that he has revelation of Jesus Christ, he has granted access to a greater dimension of truth concerning his own identity. Mm. 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 We talked about this yesterday on Spiritual Breakfast, Bobby and I, about knowing who I am. My husband and I talked about it a little bit today about knowing who we are. I think that's for some of us, well, for all of us, at one point, part of our identity had been locked. Because we were under the shadow of religion and not relationship. Religion had our identity locked up. Because we weren't seeking the spirit of God to know the truth about who we are and what God intended for us. We only went by what committee they put us on and what label they assigned to us that may not have had anything to do with what God said. Amen. Amen. With the revelation of Christ, we are granted access to a greater dimension of truth concerning our identity. Mm. We've talked about identity for years. Um, Lord have mercy. And that's real for years. Lord, we've been doing this for years, y'all. <laughs> we've talked about identity and knowing who we are and, you know, going through dip and being ready to roar and all those things. But even today, as we're having this conversation, there is another unlocking that I sense the spirit of God wants to do in our lives and our identity that will help us mature in him. Amen. His divine power, I keep going back to this scripture in Second Peter, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Mama. Do you feel like you have everything you need for a godly life right now? It's just a question. I know the answer, but it's just a question. We have, everything we have everything that we need, but the question is, do we utilize everything How that we that? have? How about that, Angela? How about that right there? That, that piece right there. Right. Because we do. We have everything we need, but are we utilizing it? Are we growing? Are we maturing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go over quickly to 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 through 31. And I'm going to take a nap because great day, Jesus. I feel this. Nina, you good over there at the hospital? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Anything to share? Hmm? Anything to share? No. I, I, I'm convicted by what's being said, but I don't have anything. 
I'm just okay. sucking it up like a sponge right now. Okay, sopping it up like a sponge, like a biscuit and gravy. Mm -hmm. Like a uh, like a uh, fat back meat and some cabbage, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. What was, it? what was it? First Corinthians 11? First Corinthians 11? 11, uh -huh. 27 through 31. Okay. From the NIV, it reads, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. I don't think I want to read no more. Okay. Verse 28, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. Mm. But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Well, well, <clears throat> Tori Lynn, can you say something? I, I just got to be quiet for a minute. Tori Lynn, can you, can, teacher Tori, can you say something? Uh, Tori, teacher Tori, can you say something with, the, can, can you help us with that? We're talking about accountability. That's why you're saying ouch because you don't want to examine yourself. Because it says he knows the heart and the wickedness that's in it, and we know what's in it as well. But if we examine ourselves, that means we're going to have to confront it. And nobody wants to see that because there's some ugly stuff in there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, when it said we are at our best, we are at filthy rags. At our best. At our best, filthy rags. Yeah. So yeah. That's why we make ourselves up so we don't have to see the ugly. We put on our makeup and our fine fancy clothes and jewelry and drive our fine fancy cars and we fool ourselves. We think we're fooling ourselves. We think we're fooling ourselves. And see all of that stuff and it covers up the blemishes. Mm. But then it says right here that is why many among you are weak and sick. And it's not necessarily talking sick physically, but sick spiritually, weak spiritually. When you're weak and sickly spiritually, you're not discerning. You're entertaining demons and, and thinking that you're friends. You know, you partaking in stuff that the spirit of God would tell you don't do, don't go, stay away. And you skipping and jumping and being all a part of it like, woo, where the party at? Accountability facilitates growth and expedites maturity. The kingdom principle of accountability holds ourselves accountable. When we examine ourselves and judge or measure ourselves, we are holding ourselves accountable. And like Tori Lynn said, how many of us really want to see the truth? At our best, we're filthy rags. At our best. We're filthy rags. Who wants to go beyond that and see the truth? Filthy don't sound so dirty. It don't sound, but it does sound like it's a little dirty, filthy. No, filthy is beyond dirty. That's beyond dirty. 
but somebody will make you say, oh, well, that's not too bad. What you mean not too bad? Bad is bad. It don't have no degrees. It's bad is bad. Sin is sin. There are no degrees. That sin is worse than that sin. No, dirt is dirt. Holding ourselves accountable means we set the standard for ourselves based on the will of God for our lives. What you say? Holding ourselves accountable means we set the standard for ourselves based on the will of God for our own lives. And let's just look at how many times we look out the window and say, Lord, look at what they doing. Mm, they know they ain't got no business doing that. Oh, where they think they go? Like Benny was saying, he was talking to a coworker and telling them that we were getting ready to go to Vegas. And Benny said, I know in his mind, he was thinking, oh, I wouldn't do that because I'm a Christian. So he was like, Lord, they going to Vegas. We going to Vegas. What that mean? We ain't going to the casinos, but we going to Vegas. How about that? But don't put me in a box because I'm accountable. I know the last time I was in Vegas, I met this character dressed like Jesus. He gave me a word. I saw him in the hotel. I spoke to him. I said, hey. He gave one of my friends a word. She got hot and he was telling the whole truth. Oh, he gave a real word to me, he not gave a fake word. A right now word. And she was like, you ain't going to. I, we was like, hold on. He ain't lying. Hold on. He's not lying. She got hot on the strip. <laughs> she was hot. But he was this white guy. I got a picture of him in my phone. I know I do walking around dressed like Jesus and he gave me a word and I said amen gave her a word she got hot so I can go to Vegas and and, and still be who I am because I'm gonna hold myself accountable holding ourselves accountable means we set the standard for ourselves based on the will of God for our own lives stop trying to measure what other people are doing please and thank you measure what you're doing Uh, stay in your lane, mind your, mind your business. For me, that's hard as a mother. As, as a mother and a seer, I, I don't do too good. And my children will tell you, I don't do too good. Because I see stuff and know stuff, and then I call them and be like, um, so, <laughs> um, oh, are you? And they be like, mom, please, mom, mom, please. Then I'd be like, okay, well, never mind. And then they call, well, what, I mean, well, what you call me for? What you see? And then I say, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'd be trying to help them be accountable because I'd be seeing stuff. But then I, God'd be like, Bab, I, I showed you for you to pray, not for you to call and disrupt their lives. They'll figure it out. I just want you to pray. Okay. But outside of that, y'all. Set the standard for ourselves based on the will of God for our own lives. What is the standard for your life according to what God has placed on you, what he has called you to? Based on the mantle that rests upon your life, what is the standard? Should be holiness. Holiness, for without no man shall see the Lord. That's that. That's why you do have to have a, a personal relationship with us. 
like for instance, God told me to not to drink. Right. Um, and that I don't judge anybody else. He just told that to me for right. me. Right. And if it were, you know, if I were, um, I can't, but that doesn't mean that anybody else is that I'm any holier than anybody else. I'm just, that's just the obedience that he told me not right. to, cur- to curse either. I'm like, you cursed enough to last a lifetime. She said, "You can go ahead and put that one down." <laughs> right. <laughs> you can put that one down. Yeah, yeah. And my husband is like that. I- I'm talking for him. I'm talking about him in his presence. But Benny is one of those that that doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't cuss. And so when I say, "Oh hell," he look at me like, "There you go." cussing again well that ain't a cuss word that's just i just said hell and he was like mm-hmm. there you go i mean he give it he give it to me like i said something bad i ain't say nothing bad but he doesn't do it the thing is when he see other people or hear other people that do he go mm, <laughs> mm, mm. he come outside the box like he let me be accountable to what i gotta be accountable to and you hold yours that makes sense baby am i telling the truth I'm telling the truth. Uh-huh. But that's important. You got to know what God has said to you. What has he told you? What's the standard he set for you? Because your standard is not my standard. My standard is not your standard. But what has he said to you? <laughs> I'm laughing because... Go ahead, Tori, were you going to say something? I was just going to say that that is a personal relationship. So it is. So be about me. Right. Yeah. So I can't be mad or judge somebody else because they can have a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, but he'll also take it from you that you won't even desire it. I could sit won't in there hundred bottles of liquor and it won't mean a thing. Mm-mm. And I've fallen down the steps and said, well, I'll be John Brown instead of using the S4 <laughs> right. letter whatever it right. was. I said, oh, yeah, I'm delivered from it. Amen. From me because, because of your obedience, too. But that's about carrying your cross, too. Sometimes you yeah. have the burdens of something that um, you're, you're going to have to carry it. That thorn in your side is going to be something that's going to keep you humble because you know that that's going to keep you close to him. Yeah, but, Absolutely. My cross is not yours. It's, it's, it's not yours to bear. Even twins are different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and you know, twins specifically, but look at siblings. You can have the same mom and daddy or the mm-hmm. same mama, different daddies. Don't matter. Grow up in the same house and everybody got a different standard. Right. Everybody has a different standard. I look at my siblings that are left. We all have different standards. That's because we all have to be accountable based on our own relationship. So I would expect that if I say I am who I am and I am who I am, then my standard better be different than the one who say they can do whatever they want to do because it's their life and they live in it. Accountability. We cannot live by the standards of others. We have to understand the expectations of God for our own growth, 
our maturity and productivity as we strive to live according to the standards that he's given us. <clears throat> hmm. Take a minute and think about it. What are the standards that he's given you for your life? Tori Lynn shared with us. She can't, she ain't cussing and she ain't drinking. Probably some other things that he's spoken to her about. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you you have to know what the standard is. And that's why you get convicted by those things he's told you. It might not convict somebody else. Right, but it'll get you. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they don't have a relationship. It's just when he told you something, that's why you get convicted because you know you're not supposed to. But that's also, like, maybe for you a good thing, not just for you. But when we're convicted, that's a good thing because Whoa. that means that we, we, we are um, in touch with the Holy Spirit enough to know that that isn't right. Because if we become hardened in our hearts, yes. then it's going to make a difference. We can do anything we want. We and can so wild out and it's not going to affect us at all. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And that's why we get upset with people who can do it. We get mad because they can do it and not be affected. And we looking like if I tried it, he would yeah, not. Yeah, it ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good. Well, I thank God for conviction because that's the thing, that's that thing that'll keep you in line too. You won't go yes. but Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely will. As we grow and transition into a greater dimension of the will of God, we set priorities and establish precedents as we adapt to a new season. So even with this conversation, as we're talking about this and the standards that God has set, there may be areas that we know God has spoken to us and we didn't actively listen we just didn't follow it. We said, well, I know he said that, but I know I shouldn't, but now he's saying, I want you to set priorities and I want you to set precedents according to what it is that I've spoken to you, the standards that I've given you. And I want you to adapt that this is now becoming a new season in your life. Thank you. Thank you for the new season. We understand Amen. that along with the greater dimension of grace, we have access to a new season, greater expectations, and a new standard for growth, maturity, and accountability. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you accountable? We are. We are. Mm -hmm. We are. Nene, get up off the floor over there. <laughs> I'm not on the floor. And thank you for that, Tori Lynn. <laughs> you say you're not on this the floor. This is a great word. Amen. I didn't hear what she, what she said. She said, thank you, Tori Lynn. Uh, I got you, sis. 
We all got her. She know that. Absolutely. Uh, it is a good thing because when I mean when you become hard and hard, you know, I'm visual. So the visual thing when the Lord removed His hand from from um, Saul, King Saul. Yeah. I can't imagine how that feels because sometimes when we know the Lord hasn't removed His hand, we just can't feel Him. Um, at some t- at some points, maybe because we're not staying in His face and at His feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for him to remove his hand mm. from you, mm. God to give up on you, mm. or throw the juice sign up, I can't imagine. Honey. As painful as it can be at times, I'll take that conviction. I'll take yeah. that instruction. Uh, I'll take that one because I don't want him to remove his hand from me. No, Lord. Mm. Not at all. Because you see, he wanted to die after that. Right, right. Crazy, basically. Yeah. Oh, David's music would calm him. Right. <laughs> My Lord. But I mean, not to that degree, but you know, think about it. As we are growing and maturing, when we do things outside of what it is that God has spoken, we feel that same way. We we feel in that that conviction. And we say, oh, Lord, oh, oh, God, God, I'm sorry. You know, we, God, I'm sorry. Like, Lord, forgive, please don't leave me. Just, I'm sorry. We, we, we're earnest in that cry to the Lord. Whew. Amen. Amen. I pray that this has empowered you and enriched your life as much as it has mine on today. I'm going to be thinking about this. And my prayer is, Lord, aid me. Show me. Let me continue to incline my ear to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to me constantly. Because he told us in that word, you know, knowledge. The knowledge of who he is and his will for our lives. And knowing that we have everything we need for godly life through him. That we can do what Tori Lynn told us a year or so ago. Level up. We can level up. If we're willing to grow, to mature and be accountable, greater awaits us. Amen. Deacon, can you pray us out? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you just for another opportunity to come before you today, Lord God. We thank you for health and and for this word, Lord God. Help us to be who you have called us to be, Lord God. Help to push us into another dimension of understanding and for us to be more accountable and responsible, Lord God, and the people that you have called us to be, Lord God. Be with those who are here on this line today, as well as those who are not, Heavenly Father. Help us to be the, the ambassadors of Christ that you have called us to be, Lord God, and forgive us for our sins. Help us to repent and turn away from things you would have us not to do. These and other blessings we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Blessings to you all. I love you so much.